With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on BlogTalkRadio.com, and I'm your host, Michael Fordham. If you just click the link on my webpage or you're listening on BlogTalkRadio.com or even the BlogTalkRadio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. So give us a call. The number is 347-326-9470. Oh, need a minute to get something to write with? But don't worry, I'll give the number again right after the commentary. Or if you like, you can Twitter me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio, and you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. Look, we got a great show for you today. We'll be right back after this. Whatever happened to black love? Last week, I had the privilege to meet the screenwriter and cast and preview this amazing play, Whatever Happened to Black Love? Look, it packs a punch with a tough love lesson that can potentially change your life and even save your relationship. 
Whatever Happened to Black Love is a fun-filled, relationship-building play that screams for audience participation. It will make you laugh as well as cry, but most importantly, it will raise your cultural consciousness. Whatever Happened to Black Love leaves its audience with a renewed sense of love and joy. Its socially conscious theme is a unique blend of comedic dialogue and thought-provoking intrigue. The play Use of Real Life Family Issues provides an excellent backdrop to this well-delivered production. A Measure of Truth now takes you backstage where we start off our interviews with the incomparable Kenny Lattimore. When you saw the screenplay, what made you decide to, to get on board with this? What was about the character and just about the message in itself that um, drew you into this? Well, I've done uh, quite. I've done a few plays, not a lot, because I'm, I'm very particular about the actual uh, scripts and, and, and screenplays. Uh, I like to do positive things. I like to do mm -hmm. intelligent things. Right. And uh, so I've been a part of some other traveling theater that um, has allowed me to just have fun. Uh, and uh, I'm in a production after this one, so I continue to to uh, do the plays that allow me to have fun. But this one, although it is a dramedy, it is a comedy as well, um, it's more sophisticated than uh, some of the other traveling plays. I really thought that it was very well written mm -hmm. and thought-provoking. Mm -hmm. um, not as much the caricatures uh, that are in some of the other traveling plays. So this one gave me uh, a chance to be more serious and um, and the others, you know, balance it out with some of the other sillier things that we get to do, which are are a lot of fun. Right, right. And um, I had an opportunity to get a preview of it. And uh, oh, the yeah. message is so hard-hitting, and it Very. jumps right in. Yeah, and not and preachy when you're watching someone uh, in, the, in the court scene talking about different things or, or um, expressing some of the, the history, if you will, of our people and the struggles that we've actually gone through. Um, it, it, it's more palatable, I think, than uh, having someone just just lecture you <laughs> and tell you, oh, you know, right. don't you understand who you are and don't you understand what you come from? It, it um, It's very entertaining. Right, and it really helps you to see yourself and Absolutely. relate to the characters as well. And, um, and you know, um, you, you are well-known... Um, <laughs> R&B artist for well, some thank time. You. Thank and, um, you so much. What are you doing now? Are you still recording? I'm or? still recording. Actually, I'll have a new CD out next year. I thought it was going to come out this year, mm -hmm. and I keep pushing it back because um, there is a thing called setup <laughs> with right. any any right. marketing uh, major could probably tell you. Or, or when you're when you are about to launch a product, mm -hmm. you want a certain amount of lead time to let people know that it exists. And uh, right. I'd have to say that in my projects past. Um, we've not always really taken that. I think that my celebrity has been um, taken, maybe taken for granted, where people thought uh, just because Kenny Lattimore is involved, people are going to magically appear. Uh, but we have the social media and we have um, the lead time for the next CD. So I'm expecting it to uh, to just do great things in allowing me to express myself musically and what's, what's happening today with me musically. Well, uh, we appreciate you taking time out, and um, you know you're participating in a project that I think is um, is just monumentous in its Thank message, you. and um, it's current, it's timely, and uh, we just appreciate you taking time out for us today. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks. Right. Thanks. Now we're here with the playwright himself, Mr. Melanson, and um, tell us a little bit about 
your, your writing style, you go right to the heart of the subject and you start to dissect and move much further into it than you expect. I mean, it's very fast-paced for a play. Right, right. And, and tell us a little bit about that in itself and how important it is to get your message out there and get people focused. Well, for courtroom drama, in terms of uh, live feed, it has to be fast. Mm -hmm. uh, a, a setting for courtroom drama, real courtroom drama, has a different type of pace. Mm -hmm. But because it's, it's a play that it has strong rhetorical uh, devices, it's all about speaking, and it's, it's less about scene changes and costumes and all kinds of things. It's all about basically intellectual thought and facts. Mm -hmm. So it has to move in order to engage the audience. Mm -hmm. So I knew that if, if it's going to be a, a courtroom drama, uh, it, it has to have those things that would engage the audience. Uh, secondly, I saw the courtroom as, a, as, as one of the best places to place this play. Mm -hmm. Couldn't be a better place because there's something about the courtroom that we respect. Right. It becomes like a a place that's, that's full of awe. The American flag, the judge. Mm -hmm. You know, we we have a certain behavior we put on when it comes to the courtroom. It's yeah. no nonsense. Right. So I felt that this would be that would have been a good device to use. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and and what you did is you actually put um, the the relationship of African Americans on trial. Oh, that that's exactly yeah. what, that that's exactly what I was yeah. trying to do mm -hmm. is to. Um, say this would be the pivotal landmark case that decides mm. everything. If you look at the couple of hundred years we've been here, I tried to uh, make the, the, the drama symbolic. Uh, that's why I use a lot of references to slaves and, and to um, to uh, the historical backdrop that we came out of. Right, mm -hmm. right. And, uh, you know, again, you're dealing with marriages, but I said relationships because we have to start there as well. We can't just yes. focus on marriages. We have to look at our relationships in general and see what's wrong there and these bad habits that we're, you know, we're propagating over and over again. Right. And, you know, we react, and, um, of course, reality TV has taught us a lot oh, of bad well, behavior. Oh, yeah, that's true. So, yeah. you know, this is sort of like the... Um, this is the, the antidote to that poison. Uh, it is. That. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to do, when I first wrote this piece, I thought about, well, I, I knew what I didn't want to do. I didn't want to have a, a drama where the female attorney would be defending black women and the male attorney, because you know, I, I think that by doing that, it would mm -hmm. be a gender war. Yes. People would not object. It would be just like a typical fight. You know, you are right and no, you are right. So mm -hmm. I said, well, let me reverse this around so that the black woman defends the black man. Mm -hmm. That way we, we heighten the importance of black women having a faith in black men. Mm -hmm. And I also wanted a piece where black men can walk away saying, no, nah, that felt good. Right. A man that feel good, mm -hmm. you know. There are so many heroic black men, unnamed heroes, who love their wives, who love their children. We never promote those brothers. We always single out some guy who's a pimp daddy or somebody who's abusive. And though those people are real, I think there's a lot of black men, both married and single, who are good men. Absolutely. You know, I'm not just putting on the brothers who are married to say that your marriage is good. But there are a lot of decent brothers, but we are not... We're not seen on the silver screen. We're not seen a lot in these touring dramas. And it's interesting, this piece has uh, been around since 1988. Mm. You know, this, not, this, is, this piece has been around a long time, and 
So when I first wrote it, it was called Whatever Happened to Our Marriage. Mm. And I changed it uh, to Whatever Happened to Black Love. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, I, I, I like the, the whole context of the play as well and the roles that each person had to play. Um, sometimes as instigators and sometimes as a resolution. Yeah. Sort of bringing them together because mm -hmm. um, we all, too, have different roles in our relationship. Right. Sometimes we're right and sometimes we're wrong, but we have to accept them both. That's true. To be able to own up to our part in getting things fixed. And we all have baggage. Exactly. I think that, to me, and I've been married 40, 40 years. Wow. So I have a little to say. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I have a little few things to say. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but my wife, uh, you know, she, uh, you know, she's been my backbone, my goddess, my best friend, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, so you know, I, I think it's a way of celebrating my wife through the play. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, but I, I'm hoping that when couples come to see this play, whether they're single or married. Uh, that they get something out of it, that they can feel that, you know what, we have some something worth preserving. Right. And, um, and of course, with humor, you know, I just couldn't, mm -hmm. this play couldn't survive without humor, and I couldn't survive without Ernest Thomas. Mm -hmm. Ernest is off the chain, mm -hmm. uh, so he brings a lot of humor to it. And, of course, there's nothing, there's always has to have a beautiful female attorney. <laughs> Bobby Baker's just right. a, a gorgeous, very talented young lady. Absolutely. And so you got the beauty and you got this kind of old school country boy. Mm -hmm. And so I think with that combination, it makes it a great combination. Yeah. And I have to say, I think Bobby Baker sort of carries it all. I mean, she must oh. have more lines than anyone yeah, else. Yes, Bobby. Delivered yeah. very well. And, yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. She is, she is the center focus and the anchor. Yeah, and, and the anchor, um, yes. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, and uh, hopefully I'll get an opportunity to talk with her as well. But yeah, I really thank you and I appreciate you taking thank time you. out. But I would love to be able to speak with you again as well oh, on the please. air on uh, my show, A Measure of Truth, as well. And talk I'd love a little to do bit that, yeah. more. Mm -hmm. um, I also do a segment where I um, highlight spoken word artists and poets oh, as okay. well. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, on that venue, I'd love to be able to have you on also. Love to do that, yeah. Thank you very much. I really thank appreciate you. you taking time out. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay. So, Bobby, uh, tell us your name again and um, also your character. My name is Bobby Baker James, and I play Attorney Brown. Yes, and you pretty much run the show. I guess so. Um, <laughs> with the assistance of Ernie, with the assistance of the very talented Ernie. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I noticed, um, yeah, you, you pretty much you, you, you pretty much set the scene, and you informed us of what was going on, and um, um, your character is very dynamic. I, um, I'm glad you spoke to me a little bit first, because I was a little afraid of you, but now that you've calmed down. Because <laughs> you were like you were the the tiger out there. <laughs> That's exactly what uh, Mr. Malone told me to do. No, oh, awesome, yeah. awesome. So any animal work I have to, you know, <laughs> embody the tiger. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, and you you were all in. I gotta admit that. And tell us a little bit about um, how. Um, when you read the script, first of all, and you saw this character and you started thinking in your mind, um, did you know immediately how you were going to portray this attorney? No, no, not at all. A lot of what she says is so emotional, mm -hmm. and that was one of the major challenges for me at first, to uh, not really play to what the to what she's 
talking about and to not play to how that affected me emotionally. I can't break down and cry right, right. because of some of the things that she's talking about. So that was really the first challenge of her, mm. to get over the emotion that she evoked yeah. so that I can get to a point where I can articulate it. Yeah. yeah. If I'm crying through the whole thing, you're not going to be able to wow. so, um But yeah, I, I had no idea. I knew that that would be my first challenge. Mm-hmm. I knew that she was strong and a tiger. Yeah. Um, and blessed, and they were patient with me while I found how I needed to portray her. They were very patient. Oh, wow. They ended up, she ended you up you had to find her, huh? I would have thought you just pulled her out of your purse. <laughs> 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 and, you know, something you just touched on, though, um, I guess in even playing any of these roles that people would have to look at their own relationships and see problems that they've had in the past and be introspective about themselves in their character as well as in person. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But luckily, I have so many men in my life, so many black men, mm-hmm. who I can remember while I'm on stage, and I'm I'm remembering them the whole time. Mm-hmm. And at every point when I get up, I'm speaking for a different man in my life. I have that many men mm-hmm. uh, who love me and who I love that I can speak for a different one every time I get up. So I'm always fueled, and it's always fresh. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, and I'm amazed that this um, play has such a short run considering the message and how timeless the message is and yeah. how current and important it is in today's culture. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a new cast. Mm-hmm. So this is my first time doing this play. So because it's a new cast, I, I think maybe they need to see, uh, you know, how how it works, and, you know, and then we'll go from there mm-hmm. on extensions or different cities or things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, because you know, I've heard it now said that this has been going on for a while. I've never heard of this play, and um, now that I've seen it, I'm I'm like, wow! Every time this thing appears, it should blow up. It yeah. should be the play to see, you know? Yeah, yeah. well, hopefully we'll change that on Friday and Saturday. I hopefully so. we'll create enough buzz yeah, so yeah. that people will spread the word. Wow, yeah. wow. And so what else are you involved in now after this? Um, well, I'm trying to uh, sort of break into the independent film world. Oh, really? And I've got some ideas of my own. I've been uh, raising my son for the last few years. Uh-huh. After uh, after Tyler Perry, I just stayed at home and raised my son. Mm-hmm. Um, and I uh, homeschooled him for a while. And so now that we're sort of getting out of that baby hole, I'm deciding what projects I want to work on. Mm-hmm. But I recently made the decision not to wait on things to come to me to go ahead and create the roles that I want to play. There you go. And so that's what I'm working on next. Yeah. You know, and uh, I'm really into um, independent artists of all types because you do have to take that step. Even if you're an independent author and you want to self-publish, you have to do so much for yourself that people generally relegate to someone else that they would have to go and have them approve their work. Mm -hmm. An artist with an opportunity to be able to create and then from there put that out there unencumbered by someone else's opinion, I think is is amazing. That's the purity of it. So Absolutely. I, I'm very excited about that and you're taking that step as well. So do you have some projects in mind already? I've been writing for the last two years. Oh, when wow. I couldn't perform, I would just write and I would grab anything that I was near. I would grab the back of junk mail, I would grab whatever notebook was nearby and I would write pieces of stories. Yeah. 
little scenes, little situations, even one one liners would come to me and I'd write it down. Oh. Or I'd put it in my put it into my iPhone and I just I've begun to gather all these scrap pieces of paper right. and there's a story. There you go. Um, so your first project will be a full feature or a short film? A short film. Yeah. A short film. Very yeah, good. This is my first time, so I'll need to learn how to do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I look forward to hearing a little bit more about that, and when it's underway, I would love to be able to have you on A Measure of Truth to talk about that a little bit more. And, um Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. And... Um, I think we have a few more minutes, but is there anything else you wanted to put out there about um, your past experience or about what's coming up next that you would like for our listeners to be able to possibly connect with you or find out a little bit more about what you're up to? Uh, well, I would like to say about this play, I really, really, really encourage mm-hmm. black men to come out. What is so exciting to me is that black men finally have a chance to cheer. Yeah. They finally have lines that they can high-five the person next to them on. Black women, we get to do it all the time. Right. People right. are always speaking on our behalf, right. and that's lovely. Mm-hmm. But this is finally a project that black men, they're going to get chances to cheer to. And I think yeah. they should come out and cheer for themselves because Lord knows, mm-hmm. Lord knows you all deserve a round of applause. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, I appreciate that for all the black men out there as well. And, yeah, I'm sure that uh, just you making that statement helps them to understand, too, the impact of um, this play and um, the feel-good feeling that you walk away from after being able to, to look at this and also gain some knowledge and wisdom, too, about what makes relationships work and what makes them fail. So you can look at your own life and then hopefully make some changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you very much. I really you. appreciate you taking time out. And um, again, we hope to have you on our show soon and talking about that short film of yours. I will be in touch with you. <laughs> okay, awesome. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. Character to start. Okay, it's Ernest L. Thomas, and I'm Attorney Lee in Whatever Happened to Black Love. All right. <laughs> now, you're not um, local to the East Coast, are you? No, I'm actually in Pasadena, California. Right. Um, but I love the East Coast, and mm-hmm. uh, especially New York. That's mm-hmm. where I started, at, you know, with the acting school, Broadway. Right, right. So I love the East Coast. I love D.C., too. Mm. And, t- and tell us a little bit about your, your character as the attorney. <laughs> Woo! Brother! <laughs> baby, baby, baby. Okay, he is... 69 years old. He's one of 11 children. Mm-hmm. His mother raised him. The father left early on. Right. And uh, he's a Harvard-trained, uh, even though he's dressed as kind of, <laughs> he's not fashionable or something like that, you know. But he loves women because of his mother. Yeah. He just adores women. Mm-hmm. And he's seen what, because of what his father did to his mother. Yeah. he seen so many other women he's defended mm-hmm. but his he's all his his calling mm-hmm. is to defend women and get them out of these disastrous right, relationships right. relationships and um because he's seen many end in terrible mm-hmm. situations but he's seen some good men too right. so he's not against all men he just want just the ones who mistreat women right, right. And so, so he so he goes after the mm-hmm. he he yeah he goes for the juggler right yeah. and he sees himself as an advocate as oh well yeah as, uh, someone who won't stand for the um, 
the tricks of it. Oh no, and he's unorthodox. You know what I mean? He might do he might do a somersault flip. He might do a boogaloo dance. I don't know. Anything to get his point across. Right, yeah. right, yeah. And uh, so tell us a little bit about um, how you found out about this play and how you were cast and became involved. Well, I've been doing it off and on for about ten years. Oh, okay. Yeah, and. Um, it, 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 uh, Dick Gregory saw it, thought it was the wow. best kept secret in America. Esther mm-hmm. Roll, wow. uh, who always had never really liked it until she saw me in this. Because I was like, hello. And she was just, mm-hmm. And when she saw me in Black Love in L.A., really? she came up to me after 30 years. I was shocked. And oh. she said, great, great. Oh, wow. I about fainted, you know. And, uh-huh. uh, to see her and Will Smith's father came from Philadelphia when we did at the Lincoln here. Oh. And he drove up. He said, I'm so glad, man. He said, my God, man. Are y'all going to go here? You're going to yeah. come to Philadelphia? So, well, so it, it just never got the big marketing thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're hoping here with, at Reed Temple AME and yeah. with Summit Entertainment. Because mm-hmm. it really is a powerful it message. Is. It is. You know, about I was really surprised, yeah. you know. Because um, when we got just to see a little bit of the rehearsal just now, um, yeah. I mean, I was just blown away by the message yeah. and the intensity yeah, of this. Right. And, um, you know, just the one scene. Just yeah. the courtroom scene. Yeah. Yeah. And Bobby Baker. Yes. Ooh, she's <laughs> awesome. She's yeah. still in the scene. She's just a firebrand, man. <laughs> and, uh, of course, Kenny, you know, Kenny Lattimore, uh, mm. great singer and actor. Yeah. Sean McLemore, the yeah. singer. I mean, we yeah. have such a great... Angela Stripling, mm-hmm. uh, oh, Pam yeah. Charter, my daughter. Yeah. Everyone is just, yeah, I just love this cast. I was just praying this morning, thanking God mm-hmm. for this cast, you know. Wow, yeah. wow. And um, you said Pam Trotter, your daughter. Uh-huh. She's your daughter? Uh-huh. Oh, didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, wow. yeah. did you talk to her? Yeah. No, no, I yeah. haven't yet. Yeah, did no. talk to her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, she was also in The Color Purple. She yes, did the I know. Company yeah. that. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. very good. Yeah, and Thomas Milan's son, of course, the writer. Oh, yeah. You know, without him, there would be no show. Yeah. So we just thank God that God gave him the vision to take that empty page mm. and create that world mm-hmm. that could heal. Because yes. couples have said it has healed their relationship. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, I know it's like entertainment and a seminar all in one. Yeah, all in one. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, well it, it is. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just such a powerful message and so timely right now at yeah. this time. Oh, my God. Because um, of our, our misguided relationships that are um, often based on reality TV. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. You know, it Thank used to be you. a time where you could watch TV and watch a situation comedy yeah. and you could learn something that was positive, yes. but that, that time has passed. Yeah, so, you're right. Yeah. So with this now, um, you know, I, I, I told um, him that it was uh, sort of an antidote to that poison. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. well yeah. said. Yeah. I so. like that, Robert. Okay, go ahead, <laughs> CNN. Okay, I see right now <laughs> another spot has opened up on CNN. I see it. Oh, I see it, man. It'll give me the humor now. Yeah, right? man. Um, see, did you hear me? I said it. <laughs> that ah, that's all right. Okay. All right. But, you know, I grew up watching you, and especially I love you the most on what's happening. And um, I actually had an opportunity to see um, Shirley... Is it Tim Hill? Tim Hill. Tim Hill. Uh-huh. Oh. Do stand-up. Oh, yeah. man. And, you know, did she the, get on you? Yes, yeah, she did, man. Oh, my God. 
embarrassed me so much. That was a first date night too, man. So, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> rough stuff, man. She goes hard. Oh, she, oh yeah. Oh man, she did. She tricked because I hadn't seen her in a while, and oh, before okay. she passed away. Mm-hmm. She said, I mean, come on down and check me out at the ice house, you know. Oh. And I went, okay, I'm going way in the back. He goes, yes, Ernest Thomas, you know, Mariah um. Yeah, boy, it never combed his hair. <laughs> and everyone looking over, and then she just went on from combing her hair to the, the, the stomach out. And I went, oh, no, she didn't. <laughs> yeah, okay. But it was great. It was great. Yeah, yeah. well, that's yeah. great. Well, uh, and what are you doing now? We've got a few more minutes. Okay, I have a film coming out called Parole mm-hmm. that's going to come out on Redbox. There's a video, but there's oh, a okay. scene online now to oh, go to YouTube okay. called Parole. It's a totally different character. I mean, he's, 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 but he, it's a great character. And um, and I have a book, my mother's book, Conversations with My Mother, Food oh. for the Mind, Body, and Soul. Nice. In honor of her 80 years as a Christian. Oh, and okay. uh, so that was like, because she is, I didn't have a, I never met my father either. That's mm. another reason why I can play her role. Right, oh, right. So well, but, um, and then I have my own book, uh, From Rod to Mr. Omar, No Rides, No Rerun, No Rent. It's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it first. Right oh, here. right. Awesome, man. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we would love to have you um, come on around the time of your release of your book okay. or come on beforehand and talk about it on The Measure of Truth. I love that. Yeah, Thank yeah. You. And all it takes is a call-in, so it's an easy okay. access kind of opportunity. So, yeah, okay. I would love to be able to talk a little bit more with you and get more time to chat Thank as well. you. Me too. All all right. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks right. a lot. I appreciate you. you taking time out. My pleasure. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> well, so we meet again. Yeah. <laughs> We do. It's always good to see you, Michael. Oh, good to see you again as well. And, you know, I'm really just starting to wonder, Angela, what is it that you cannot do? <laughs> <laughs> Probably a lot. <laughs> but you know what? As an artist, there's so many things I like to explore, and I'm uh-huh. constantly stretching and trying to, you know, just, just do as much as I can, if I love it. Right, right. So tell us a little bit about your character and the situation, and... Um, Where'd you come up with that southern accent? Mm, good question. Being a girl from Buffalo, New York. Yeah. My, uh, I am, my character is Glinda May Sequita Valencia Andrews. Yeah. Uh, like we will remember that ever, but yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she is married, mm-hmm. and she's had a whole lot of problems. Right. I think there's a Glinda, everyone can relate to her. I mean, right. Everyone, right. if you're not Glinda, you know a Glinda, or you're related to someone like that. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, in a relationship, trying to do the right thing, you love your guy, mm-hmm. and uh, but you make mistakes, yeah. and I think the play really uh, focuses on both parties, and your part in maybe the demise or success in right. the relationship, because mm-hmm. it does take two. Yeah, and it does focus on both ends of it. Um, There's a little focus on the man in the beginning, but um, everyone got their their licks, so to speak. Right. You know, and it um, really probed into some issues that everyone would have to look at themselves and say, hmm, do I have anything to do with that? Does that speak to me in any way? Yeah. You're absolutely right. What I love about it is it's such a wonderful vehicle to address relationships, Mm -hmm. and it also lifts up the black man, lifts up the black family, but it also, you know, there aren't many things that I've seen or heard mm-hmm. that talk about the positive traits of our black men. Yeah. And yeah. this really does. I think mm-hmm. every black man should see this and they'd appreciate it and love it. Oh, yeah. And, and um, you know, it, it just, it's 
it's an education, and it's a process as well. It starts off and it just, you know, gives us a situation, but in resolving the situation and talking about all the pieces that are broken um, and uh, the people who are involved in it and the role that they play, it really helps us to see in our own lives how, you know, some of these things can be avoided and how we may have avoided them as well for those of us who have been successful. You absolutely get it. <laughs> yeah. You've seen it and you get it, and that's right. exactly where the play is. Mm-hmm. Thomas Melanzon, celebrated playwright. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, it, you know, in this play, it's not caricature, it's not slapstick or anything like that. It's Mm -hmm. very intelligently written. Mm -hmm. And there's a powerful message about actually not just black love, but love in general because, you know, we're talking about black families, but this can... It, it could be a black fam- family, white family, Asian family, Hispanic, everybody, anyone who's ever been in a relationship. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, without being preachy. There's a powerful <laughs> Right, right. And um, tell us a little bit about how you found out about um, this opportunity and how you got involved. You know, it's so funny. I was at a play. This was ridiculous the way this happened. Mm-hmm. I went to support one of my girlfriends who was in a play for Colored Girls in D.C. Oh, okay. So I, you know, had just gotten there. Play hadn't started. My phone is ringing like crazy, but of course I'm in the theater, so I couldn't answer the phone. And it was a friend of mine who said, uh, you know, I listened to the message. Mm-hmm. Angela, call me back as soon as possible. I've got these producers, and they're casting, and I told them, they can't have this play without you. You'd be perfect for this role. Oh, wow. So uh, I called him after the play. You know, what are you talking about? And he said, they're casting for this play, mm-hmm. and um, they were casting the very next day, sent me the sides, wow. I memorized my whole thing, wow. went in, and, you know, they offered me the role. Wow, it was just like perfect. that. perfect. Killed it, huh? Well, <laughs> I, I felt good about my audition. Well, the thing is, I just mm. really respected the character yeah. and what... I loved it, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to, you know, just be in character for the whole thing. Right, and it's interesting because the character is nothing like you, I think. Not at all. <laughs> She's completely <laughs> opposite of me, which right. is why I loved it. Yeah, Because yeah. it's such a stretch, and as you said, even the southern accent. Yeah, yeah. Where, you know, not to give away too much, if yeah. this is going to, are you going to show this before the play actually airs? Um, no, no, I don't have to. I, I'll talk about that later on with the... Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, you could, you could. <laughs> okay. But I just didn't want to give too much away, but uh, my character, what I love is, uh, as I said before, everyone can relate to a Glinda, and yeah. while she's absolutely nothing like Angela, I know a lot of Glindas. <laughs> <laughs> and notice I didn't say Glenda, she's Glinda. <laughs> right. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, so um, tell us what's up next for you, because um, apparently you've got a lot on the calendar. I have been yeah. busy, busy. I just opened for Phil Perry at Ramshead. Did you know oh, that? Oh, no, I, I missed him. that one. Yeah, that was last <laughs> week, and then just had a concert on Monday oh. at the Ronald Reagan building, which was incredible. The whole cast came. Yeah. So, you know, I've got concerts coming up. I'm working on my next CD now. Yeah. And uh, pretty much that. I mean, I'm still working on television, uh, on, uh, you know, JLA and News Channel 8, right. and still doing the voices for The Quiet Storm <laughs> on WHUR and WBLS in New York. Yeah, I thought I had a lot of gigs. Voiceovers. Wow. <laughs> in the voiceovers. Oh, yeah. But it's, it's, it's all kind of interrelated. I mean, right. it's all um, broadcast, performance, singing, mm-hmm. acting. It's all kind of related. Wow. I'm just, I'm an artist. I'll try to remember that when I try to, to branch out, too. <laughs> somehow they're connected. That I they're should be connected. able to maybe go in another direction, hopefully. Well, you know, the thing is, I've always had these. I've always had right. all of these components. It's yeah. all been, I mean, I grew up 
acting, singing. Mm. The broadcast came a little bit later, right. but I kind of fell right into that. Yeah. And early in my broadcast career, I started doing the commercials and voiceovers. Yeah. So it's all kind of interrelated. Wow, that's awesome. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> As you can hear, the cast is getting very loud yeah, in the background. Yeah. I think we're getting ready to. And I did want a, um, a moment with the um, the director as well. So I uh, thank you again, Angelo. It's good to see you again, thank and you uh, so enjoy much. your performance and both the performance at Blues Alley as well. Thank was blown you. away I was by that. So happy you were there. Thank <laughs> yeah. you so much. Thank you again, and we hope to see you again soon. Thank you. Same here. Thanks okay. for all you do. Really all right. appreciate the support. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Awesome. So we'll start off. You just give your, your name and your character, and we'll go right into it. Great. All right. My name is Michael Nathan. I'm a local comedian. My character is Deacon Washington in the play Whatever Happened to Black Love. Oh, okay. And um, your character is very interesting because um, he, he brings in a, a perspective from a whole different level because of his age and he sees the situation for what it is and, and this truth. And uh, tell us a little bit about that your dynamic character and uh, what he brings to the table in his testimony. This is a parental element of the play. I come in as the voice of reason. I'm a, the father figure in Ronald's life. Mm -hmm. I love him and I care about him and I possess nothing but the plain truth in, in how I see it and that's how I let it out. Right, right. Kind of matter-of-factly <laughs> in the play, you know? <laughs> and, and a little comedy in there as well. I mean, you were really into your character. When I saw you walking around without your cane, I'm like, is he going to be all right? <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, they uh, the people that they have working with us, mm -hmm. the directors, are very good at put, helping us get into our character. Right. And when it's time to perform, it's time to perform, and that's exactly what I intended on doing. <laughs> now, you say you're a local comedian, so what brings you um, into this? Um, how, how did you hear about this play, and how did you get connected with it? Wow, you know, like, uh, I guess most people in the business, I got a call. Right. You know, I got a call from a friend that I had given work to in the past, mm -hmm. and they returned it to me, you know. So I guess it, whatever good energy you put out there, folks, right. comes back to you triple fold sometimes, you know. And then I ended up with an all-star cast here. Yeah. Great awesome. opportunity. Awesome. Now, this, this um, play also has an amazing message as well. Tell us a little bit about that and how that impacted your decision on choosing this project as well. Uh. Well, it was a no-brainer for me mm -hmm. once I had, had an opportunity to read the script. This, to me, is about loving ourselves mm -hmm. as individuals and as a people. Right, right. And getting back into the structure of what, the well, the source of what makes us strong as a people, mm -hmm. and that's the family. Absolutely. Family. Yeah. Family values. Mm -hmm. You know, trust. You know, God. Church, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, yeah, that's where my people come from. So generally, as a comedian, where do you um, perform? Where where do people locally see you? Well, right now I have a uh, weekly running show, which is at the Legend Nightclub. Oh, okay. thirty two twenty five right. Naylor Road, Temple Hills, Maryland, y'all. <laughs> 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 gotta right. gotta plug, Close gotta plug. plug. Okay, go ahead. Every Monday night, free before nine for everyone. Okay. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. You know, we, we, we do a show quite often, too, um, on Monday nights. It's called um, A Measure of Truth. And, and what we kind of explore with people who are in the entertainment industry is what 
it's really like in the business, some of the behind-the-scenes things, as well as we've had some comedians come on as well, just to be funny for a little bit, but we talk a little bit about what it is to be out there as a comedian, uh, what your message is, and your interaction with the public, and what it's like there for people who are looking to hopefully become a comedian or just be in the entertainment industry, give them some real life so that they're not just, you know, um, misled by some of the things that they think that the business may be like. What they think. Yeah. Well, let, let me give you some real good advice here. Mm-hmm. First of all, make sure whatever you do in life, mm-hmm. you're doing what you love. Absolutely. If you do what you love, then it's less labor. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you're 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 in your element, mm-hmm. so to speak. And I do what I love, and it, you know, it just so happens to you know pay off. You know, and and it's, there's no greater blessing. I can tell you that much. There really is no greater blessing than doing what you love and being paid for it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the first and foremost thing that I would suggest with anybody. Know, know exactly what you want to do. Exactly. Well, that's very good. So give us your name again and tell us your character. I am Michael Nathan, and I am Deacon Washington, 89 years old, and I'm in the play, Whatever Happened to Black Love. Uh, it's a great play. It's what you ought to see. And if you want to see some comedy on Monday nights, I'm at the <laughs> Legend Night Club every Monday night, 3225 Naylor Road, Temple Hills, Maryland. Everybody free before 9. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate you taking time out. I appreciate you. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hi, I am Trina Lloyd, and I play Miss Eleanor Banks. Is a well-accomplished woman that is 69 years old, Mm -hmm. and she is the epitome of a successful marriage and the accomplishments that um, two people can make together in a long, enduring relationship. Wow. So, and, you know, everyone seems to have a strong message in this and helps you to sort of be introspective and look at yourself. And um, so you represent that successful marriage of old that um, probably represents what's missing now when the play asks the question of where has black love gone? Exactly. Um, she is a very, very idyllic um, character in this because of the fact that a lot of marriages don't survive, mm-hmm. and it's because of the outside lust, um, pornography, communication, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, she kind of brings it back around to what love is really about mm-hmm. and how to make it endure. She was married to a wonderful man, as mm-hmm. she says, and um, they were very successful. And for her to be 69, she accomplished a lot from the time when she was young and married and the oppressions of society. Mm-hmm. So she brings that forward to let them know that um, there is a lot of societal things that conflict with marriages today or interfere more so, mm-hmm. but she lets them know that, you know, the old way was we stuck it out. We exactly. did whatever had to be done, mm-hmm. and we loved each other. Mm-hmm. We went through the trials and the ups and the downs, and that's what she brings to the table to show at this age, even though she's a widow, mm-hmm. she's very accomplished mm-hmm. because of what her and her husband endured. Right, right. And so it shows that longevity has its own blessing built in, you know, in enduring through these problems. And, and, and it's a lesson to us all, especially for us to sort of seek out um, these people that we know that are in long-standing marriages, and those are the folks that could give us the wisdom to help us succeed in our own. Exactly, exactly. That is the point here. Because although she is um, somewhat of a cougar, 
<laughs> in her own right, uh-huh. her sexiness, her seductiveness mm-hmm. doesn't come from um, revealing clothes, uh, you know, or uh, a lucid ab- attitude, you know. It comes from who she is mm-hmm. and that her um, her her comfort with herself mm-hmm. and how she's come of age and knows that, you know, she is a woman. She knows who she is. Mm-hmm. And that's very important because a lot of times people go into marriages and they don't know who they are individually, right. but they're connecting with, with someone else to make marriage. Mm-hmm. So she brings that to the table and gives them an idyllic look, Ronald and Glenda, at this is what can happen if you stick it out, if you love each other, if you endure the problems, the pains, and you go through it together. Right, right. And um, even when you endure through trials and tribulations, it gives you a new respect for that person as well. And there's a bond in itself being able to overcome together as well. Right. So, And, and um, I just saw a little bit of this play, and I'm just so impressed with it because it's a, it's a hard-hitting message that doesn't cut to the chase. It, it pretty much starts off with giving a solid message, but it doesn't stop there. It's not something that just hits you and that's what the play is about. It's something that builds upon itself and continues to educate and help people to look exactly at what it takes to build a strong marriage. Right, and um, I think Thomas Malanson did an excellent job because in society today, this is what we need. We need to talk about love, Mm -hmm. what it's going to take, what happened to black love, because Mm -hmm. a lot of times you're marrying for other reasons, and a lot of times it gets love part of it kind of gets pushed down to the bottom of the list. Mm-hmm. And we really need to come back to that, you know, mm-hmm. what was the union of marriage all about? You know, has God established it? Mm-hmm. You know, are we following that? Mm-hmm. Because it, there is um, a great meaning in what happened. Right. You know, we don't want it ever to die. and We mm-hmm. have to go back to, if necessary, to our ancestors. You mm-hmm. know, how did they endure all the oppressions of their time? Mm-hmm. And that was about love. It was about love that made them endure for us to get the fruits of their labor. And so this, what he's done with it, is an excellent piece that nurtures and helps us grow and most of all makes us see. It's not all about laughter. It's about living, learning, and doing something with what's really going on in people's lives today. Okay, and give us your name and your character one more time. My name is Trina Lloyd. My character is Eleanor Banks. Well, thank you for joining us, Trina. I really appreciate you taking time out today. Oh, thank you. Uh, no, that's church points, right? That's real right there. Okay. All right, well, tell us your name and give us your character. My name is Sean McLemore, and I mm-hmm. play, the, play the bailiff. The bailiff, right. Yeah, the right. bailiff. And, you know, I'm so happy they let you sing some, too. Oh, man, that's oh. cool. I, I was, uh, you know, this play wasn't based upon, not really say based upon, but it didn't have a lot of singing characters. Right, right. You know, so it was basically just, you know, mm-hmm. straight theater acting and stuff. So when they called, mm-hmm. they was like, you know, they want you to come. I said, okay, well, they really dig my acting there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so they said, no, we want to sing and stuff. I said, cool. So right, it's right. a plus, uh, blessing and a pleasure to be a part of this show, man. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, it's an interesting um, stage play. And just tell us a little bit about how, after you read what it was about, uh, how it impacted you as well and um, how, you know, how you wanted to put your, your stamp on it by being a part of it. Wow, man. Actually, um I had a relationship probably about four or five years ago, and I actually 
you know, saw my relationship within this, you know, within yeah. this play, mm-hmm. you know, and just really when they gave me the part, I'm like, wow, this is really real for me because, you know, my relationship was really crazy, you know, mm-hmm. crazy mm-hmm. marriage or whatever. And and what I didn't want to happen was to get to that point, you know what I'm saying, yeah. the point of being in court and trying to divorce and all that kind of stuff. So I'm like, wow, this is really connected. And they, this is my first time ever being in this show or meeting Mr. Melanson. Mm-hmm. You know, he's heard of me, but, you know, and he's heard of the work that I've done previously. So um, just to be a part of whatever happened to Black Love is, is really, you know, is really great to be a part of the cast that we have, you know, with Ernest and Bobby and Angie, yeah, man. Yeah. And, you know, great group of people, man. Yeah. You know, I've been on the road a lot, you know, doing a lot of shows and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for months out of months to almost a year, and it's very seldom that you meet a cast of people that's, that's really set out to be, you know, set out to do what, what their job descriptions are without letting others silly stuff distract them. You oh, know what I'm saying? Okay, yeah, and I'm just, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm a realist. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Uh, too many of us around each other too long. Yeah. Something may break out. Right. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, but this has really been great, man. It's uh-huh. been a great ride. The sisters and brothers together trying to get that word across, man, to people, mm-hmm. you know, to, uh, you know, black love is still in. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, whatever happened to it, you know, is I think it's stronger than ever. I think mm-hmm. men, men, you know, once we find that good thing, we love hard. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. And, and and you know, it's got its peaks, it's got its valleys in it, but it has its troops as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, each party plays a great part in in demonstrating and explaining what black love is. You mm-hmm. know? So yeah. I'm glad to be a part of it, man. Yeah, yeah, and I think you all are going to be blessed with this because it is a um, it's a healing. Um, product. It's a healing play, um, mm-hmm. and the message is is deep. I mean, I don't think that anybody can can um, view this play and not see themselves in it, mm-hmm. and see that there is something that they can do um, right. to better themselves, to help in their situations. Right. And there are some outside forces as well that they maybe aren't paying attention to that they mm-hmm. should be. And I mean, this this dissects everything. It doesn't miss a single thing. And right. And. Uh, I was very impressed about it because it took off. Right. It started right away, and you were yeah. in the mix. Right. Yeah. Right. So, right. Um, yeah, and, um, you know, well, tell us a little bit, too, about, you know, your background as a gospel artist as well and, um, you know, what you've got coming out as well. Actually, man, I um, actually just released a record. Uh, first of all, I grew up in Los Angeles, California, mm-hmm. uh, moved to Houston, Texas, and uh wonderful wife, you know, little daughter, and, you know, just released a record May 3rd mm. called uh, Any Minute Now, 1% Miracle. Mm. And uh, it's doing very well, you know, mm. and I had a chance to uh, do a great record and, um, um, you know, do a cameo appearance. Well, not cameo appearance, but a verse and really sang a song with Mr. James Fortune yeah. called I Believe. Right, that right. has become like yeah. the world's favorite, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It was, it was on the... Uh, it has been on billboards number one for like two or three months at a time. So uh, we were able to do Celebration of Gospel and just they just filmed, not just filmed, but we just came on Sunday Best two weeks in a row. And mm-hmm. it's been doing great, man. Yeah. Doing great for me, you know. And uh, God has really done some wonderful things in my life. Uh, mm-hmm. About a year ago, um, I had a massive heart attack. 
And he basically, you know, I I was up singing, man, just wasn't taking care of myself and running and running and running. Mm -hmm. And, man, I was uh, at the AIM convention singing, and I just felt my heart just kind of, you know, beating so fast. And got home that Sunday and drove myself to the hospital that Monday, and my heart rate was at 198 beats per minute. Couldn't get it to slow down, and they shot my heart four times. And uh, really, I'm a living miracle. There were six doctors working on me, man, mm. and uh, they couldn't get it together. Mm. So there was one heart specialist that got off on the wrong floor that came by the room. Wow. You know, so, you know, I'm a church boy, so you're looking at That's six God doctors, right and then he sends that seventh person, mm. and the number seven in the Bible is completion. Yeah. So I'm like, wow, he sends that seventh person to take care of me and get me out of the woods, and uh he said on that third shock, they were getting ready to tag my toe, man. They was walking out of the room. Wow. So I'm actually a living miracle sitting here talking to you. So this is not really about a play to me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's really ministry for me. Yes. You know, because, you know, I may be the bailiff and not say anything mm-hmm. until the end of the show. But, but God has, you know, has kept me here. Whatever I do, I try to do it to my best, you know, to yeah. the best. So wow. I'm, I'm, I just praise God for being here. That's why the record is called... One percent miracle, because mm. the doctor said only one percent only makes it out of the type of heart attack I had. Wow, yeah, man. Yeah, that is something. So, That's quite the testimony, man. Yeah, man. So I have a defibrillator in me, and mm-hmm. I'm moving around. I'm good, man. Lost 32 pounds. Still yeah. going. Yeah. There you go, man. Yeah, man. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, you are blessed, man. Thank you, bro. I, I really appreciate you sharing that with us. Yes, well. sir. And um, we look forward from hearing from you again soon. You know, I have no a show for independent artists. I've only had one other, um, Earl Jones Jr. is the only gospel artist I've ever had Who? on. Earl Jones okay. Jr. Okay. And um, I would love to have another gospel artist on, but it's a show for independent artists, and it helps people to understand what the, the industry is really all about and some of the things that they need to do mm-hmm. to help them to better um, compete in the industry mm-hmm. as well. It's called Turn It Up. So whenever you um, would like, um, I would no appreciate it if you could come on and I'll give you my card and we'd love to have you on. Let's do it, man. I love yeah. that. Okay. I'll give you my card as well. Thank you. I appreciate you coming by and taking time out to um, no talk problem, with us. No problem, man. <laughs> all right, no problem, bro. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Hi, I'm Michael Fordham, host of A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. I want to take a quick minute to talk to you about Young Lives DC 34. Young Lives is a unique, cutting-edge, nonprofit Christian organization designed to empower and equip pregnant and parenting teen moms to become productive citizens in the community, a program that partners teens and mature Christian women to provide teen girls in crisis with timely encouragement, guidance, and ongoing support. Through the power of presence, kids' and teens' lives are dramatically impacted when caring adults come alongside them, sharing God's love. Because someone believes in them, they begin to see that their lives have great worth, meaning, and purpose. This is just the first step in a lifelong journey. The choices they make today, based on God's love for them, will impact their future decisions, the careers they choose, the marriages they form, and the families they raise. And all of this can be traced back to the time when a young life leader reached out and entered their world. For more information or to get involved, check out their webpage at www.younglives.younglife.com. 
www.ghanaianfamilyfinance.org. Or if you're in the D.C. metropolitan area, call 202-399-7017. A few weeks ago on my way home, I was stopped at the traffic light just before entering my neighborhood. And I was thinking to myself just how much better my commute was than it was the day before. Earlier that week, I took my usual shortcut behind the mayor's office, and my wife and I saw Mayor Adrian Fenty in his new smart car. He waved to my wife and I, but I couldn't get my camera out fast enough, and I missed a great photo opportunity. So on Thursday, being better prepared, I tried again. But the weather was bad, and of course, so was the traffic. And I got stuck behind the mayor's office for over 20 minutes. When I got home, I was so beat, I went straight to my office and got myself a 40-minute acupressure infrared heat massage. And that brought me back to life. But today, traffic was a breeze. At the traffic light, I happened to look over to the car next to mine, and I saw a beautiful three-year-old little girl staring out of the window from her car seat in a daze. I smiled as I thought about how wonderfully simple our lives were back then when we were children. Then she noticed me and she smiled back and I looked away to see if the light had changed and when I looked back again I smiled and saw her looking at me and then she started laughing hysterically only the way a three-year-old could. So I laughed and she laughed and the light turned green and I waved goodbye and proceeded home. As I was driving I thought to myself, if that would have occurred yesterday, even after my 90 minutes in traffic, that would have been all I needed to snap me back to life. A three-year-old smile versus my expensive massage bed. The kid wins every time. On the drive through my neighborhood, I had an epiphany. How many things have I placed in my life to make up for not taking the time to really enjoy all the simple things life has to offer. Well, I'm sure I'm not the only one. Many of us have forgotten how to enjoy and appreciate the little things or even the small steps of our accomplishments or the little likes in our relationships or the small things that bring us joy in the pursuit of things that would bring us greater happiness. We have become impatient and always looking ahead to the thing that we perceive to be the source of our happiness. Webster's defines joy as the emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing what one desires. Look, be careful in life that you do not lose your joy. Research shows that if you do, loss of good health is not far behind. Take time out to enjoy the little things in life. Rejoice in reliving life's joys through sharing them often with others. And take a moment to relax in your moment of peace through your joy instead of the empty pursuit of pleasure. If you ever lose sight of life's joy, take every step in your power to reclaim it as soon as possible. Your first step to reclaim true joy in life is just to look to God. He's always willing to show us his glory to all who are willing to seek. Just take a moment and look around you, and you will see his joy everywhere. But if you still need a starting point, look in the eyes of a child. The younger, the better. There you will find true joy, or, in other words, 
joy and a measure of truth. Well, we've just come to the end of another show, and it was a great one. And I appreciate you all for tuning in. And special thanks to our producer, Donna Hardiman, and our associate producer for this show, who you'll be hearing a lot more from later on down the road, Seti Johnson. I'm Michael Fordham, and you've been listening to A Measure of Truth. But before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. They become habits. And watch your habits. They become your character. And watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.